Hello everyone and welcome back to Real Specific. I'm Jake Bland here with my friend. Hey, I'm Klaus. Today we are continuing our Civil War Spaghetti Western series with our third entry, Django 1966. Written and directed by Sergio Corbucci. Where do we want to start with this one? Oh boy, I don't know. Um, I mean, you can go scene by scene. Um, or we can start talking about what's so familiar about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the <laughs> I think we uh after this one we can really start boiling down the uh spaghetti western, especially Civil War spaghetti western yeah. <laughs> genre. It's uh it's all starting to kind of meld together. Mm-hmm. So I I will say first off, the return of Ringo, which we did, was in nineteen sixty five, and as I mentioned in that episode, it drew heavily from what's it called uh the Odyssey. I didn't realize exactly how much it drew from the Odyssey until I talked to my sister, who's a lit major and or who has a master's in literature. And pretty much every beat of the story that I mentioned to her, she was like, "Oh yeah, that's in the Odyssey. Oh yeah, that's in the Odyssey." So, pretty much literally everything was just that, but in a Western setting. <laughs> I will say I don't know if I it's been long enough for me to forget, but I feel like Ringo wasn't so bad. Maybe no, Ringo was. Fun. It was fine. It was fine. It, like, it, what did I? I think I gave it like a six point five or something on my rating. I mean, it's it's above average, but it's not great. I, yeah. I would watch it with a group. I would watch it with friends. But. It's fine. It's it's fine. I like this movie better. I'll say. Yeah. I could follow the story easier at least. <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It, it seemed well. Fuck it. Let's just get into this one. So. <laughs> Okay. Django. So we start off with him dragging a coffin in the rain, just theme song blaring. Django. 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 Have you always been alone? Django. Django. Really fun theme song. I will say for the music on this one, not nearly as noticeable or annoying to me as in Ringo, but also not nearly as noticeable or as enjoyable as in our first movie, which was The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I do like the Django song a lot, though. And that opening of dragging it through the mud is just grimy and gross, and I love it. Yeah, the, the song is really good, and when it does come back, you know, it really punches it home right there at the end, but... I don't know. Uh, for the most part, it seemed like this movie didn't have a lot of music or sound that wasn't part of the scene. It was, it was mostly diegetic yeah. noise, which I enjoy. It really lets me get into the movie more. It doesn't take me out, and it just kind of feels like I'm experiencing whatever our character's experiencing, which is nice. With that opening with the coffin, uh, I'm normally not a, a person that thinks too much about like symbolism and stuff, but I was thinking like, man, is he is he dragging death with him or is death following him? You know, with the yeah. coffin and the symbolism of it. Yeah, and I honestly like I I noticed the symbolism of it, of course, at the beginning, but I wasn't thinking about it too hard. And then as soon as he runs into people for the first time, you're starting to question, okay, is it him or is it just following him? Mm-hmm. So he comes upon a group of 
banditos whipping a woman that have her tied to the end of a bridge. Very, very, very shitty looking yeah. bridge. Is that, that a bridge? <laughs> I guess. And also, I don't know why it's there, because in a minute, another group of men are just going to ride their horses around the area the bridge goes over. So I don't, I, I don't understand either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the banditos have her tied up and something about uh, her trying to run away from them so they rip her shirt and start whipping her Django comes up has a few words with them and then shoots them all dead he's about to save the woman when a group of another men show up this time white guys wearing red, red bandanas bandana. yeah the red bandana gang is what so I put in my notes after I get done describing this scene I'm gonna get into that because this is one of the biggest problems i have with the movie but the rebels are like hey buddy i don't think you really want to get in the middle of this she's coming with us and that's when he shoots all of those guys too so it's like okay Django either doesn't give a fuck about human life or he just really doesn't care about either of these two sides (laughs) so that's fun there there is something that i've over the past three movies i've started to notice with this genre and maybe it's just the time it was made in or whatever but i've noticed they always seem to be make it very clear hey these are the bad guys these are definitely bad guys there's no gray area oh god yeah and they they showed them being as evil as they humanly can i don't know if there's no subtlety to our villains at fucking all yeah, it's very clear, like, hey, these are the guys you're not supposed to like, these are the bad guys, and this other person is probably a good guy, maybe. Which, I will say, this is the only one that's kind of played with that a little bit, but not until much later in the movie. They're also all very big on showing, like, oh, hey, your protagonist, he's a loner. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't have a group of people to fall back on, he relies only on himself even if he does team up with people it's temporarily and no trust involved yeah and then so Django saves the woman and then the other people come and he shoots them too <laughs> and one of them gets shot into the quicksand because uh foreshadowing <laughs> yeah yeah uh the the guy who we thought was already dead reaches for his gun and Django shoots him again and dramatically rolls backwards like 10 times until he finds the pit that the uh that the quicksand is at yeah once again i really thought quicksand was going to be a bigger part of my life growing up yep so yeah we watch him sink down he basically tells uh maria the woman he just saved that look you're not going to make it far without anyone i'm going into town over here you better come with me like i said i want to talk about this whole red bandana gang shit Mm -hmm. because the description of the movie from imdb very brief description a coffin dragon gunslinger and a half-breed prostitute become embroiled in a bitter feud between a clan k clan of southern racists and a band of mexican revolutionaries i get the clan imagery later on in the movie when we see larger groups of this gang and they're wearing the red hoods but the clan is known for white hoods the southern rebels this is supposed to be after the civil war the southern rebels wore gray uniforms yet later when we see a rebel encampment somewhere they're all wearing like these white 
very Italian looking uniforms. Yeah, I was a little unsure. Like it was near Mexico and I thought those people were Mexican soldiers. But then you have Major Jackson who's working and with maybe them they, or for maybe them? they were. I don't know. Did the rebels like when they lost, did they run across the border and join up with the Mexican army to fight off the revolutionaries? Like, it, I don't know. I'm so confused. And honestly, I thought the Red Hoods were just to just because they couldn't find enough white extras to be in the movie. And so they were like, well, cover up the dark skinned guys with hoods. That'll be fine. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. it. The costuming for this movie, I have a really big issue with. It seems like it's like a, it seems more of a costume choice in my mind. Like it's, hey, bright red, these are the bright red gang. You know, it's very clear that's who they are if they're wearing those bright red bandanas. But almost as if they couldn't get gray cloth to make uniforms out of or whatever. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Because they, they don't mention the KKK or the Klan in the movie at all. I don't think, I didn't ever make a note of them mentioning it. No. They just keep calling him General Jackson, and you're supposed to assume that they are rebels from the fucking rebel army. Yeah, it's a little... I'm I'm always a little unclear about who's who as far as the factions go in these movies, but mm-hmm. you, what's, what is clear is that they're bad guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Django rolls into this, like, crappy ghost town, which looks very much like the same town that Ringo walked into... <laughs> last movie yeah, except for even more downtrodden somehow somehow more downtrodden and tons <laughs> of mud like it's near mexico and just so much mud yeah everything's wet i don't know what was going on with that but i, w- I will say this movie is much darker than ringo like ringo it was filmed very bright obviously like good hours of daylight when they're filming this this movie felt like it was either filmed more toward dusk or early morning or even in a studio whereas Mm -hmm. most of these do not feel like studio made films at all i mean there's a lot of stuff with Django and this innkeeper Mm -hmm. innkeeper's trying to keep maria out and maria's just kind of sitting there silent because hey she's the woman in the movie so don't give her too many lines Django just basically acts like an asshole takes what he wants does what he wants which reminded me of ringo except for Django actually has good intentions and we know that up top whereas Ringo it was just kind of like man he seems like a real asshole (laughs) there was I did write a note I wrote Django why though because he's in the bar and then the brother whatever his name is the priest bandana guy brother Jonathan brother Jonathan comes in and he's like "Ooh, this is an outsider what you doing buddy and he's he's kind of being a jerk too to be fair but then Django just like doesn't say anything and just spits the cork of whatever he's drinking in the guy's face (laughs) it's like Django, you know these guys are bad but you know that's gonna just cause issues (laughs) maybe that's what he's looking for i don't know clearly that's what he's looking for judging by what happens later in the movie but yeah i mean there's not a whole lot to talk about we we do learn maria and the other hooker are talking in one of the rooms and we realize that maria was here before she ran away to be with the mexicans and then she ran back to get away from the mexicans so and then that other that other um prostitute talks a lot about major jackson and how bad he is and then the next scene we're introduced to him who's like shooting people for sport like trying to like lets them run but never lets them get away and just shoots them 
Yeah, it's kind of like shooting skeet, but with Mexican work hands. With people, which, uh, yeah. Yeah, not it, not cool. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty uh, let's get as evil as we can with Jackson uh, immediately. Yeah, again, it's like, it, it, they're very clear. Hey, the, this is the bad guy. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. And there is one of his lieutenants. His name is Ringo. And he yeah. uh, is horribly scarred and like, I don't know if it's a meth mouth or what, but very distinct teeth formation, we'll say. <laughs> just is even worse, I guess, because he just shoots someone right out of the gate. But it basically, that scene just says, hey, all of these people are bad. But and it's not just that. I do love that they named that lieutenant guy Ringo because I feel like it's a direct stab at the Ringo franchise, which mm-hmm. at this point has already had at least three movies come out because... Like I said in the last episode, it had three Ringo movies in a year were released. Jeez. But yeah, they they named the most evil henchman of all Ringo. Yeah. And very shortly after Ringo is and all the other lackeys are killed by Django. <laughs> Just immediately. Yeah, like we go back to the bar and then this time Major Jackson's like, oh, I want to check out this outsider that supposedly killed my, you know, some of my men by the quicksand pit, which I don't know how he found that out because they're all dead, but whatever. Well, I'm, I'm sure they followed it. his footprints in the go. mud or something, whatever. And he's the only new outsider in probably months. But anyway, they go to the bar. Django again is like, he's just kind of a dick. yeah he's just being an asshole to everyone he's like look i don't like you jackson go fuck yourself and then uh shoots everyone besides major jackson which was an interesting choice it was because i was like why not just get rid of the leader now Uh, but that's setting up something later because he's basically like hey bring your boys you know we'll do a showdown and i'll kill all of y'all Well, Major, I just got one bullet. But that would be taking advantage. And it wouldn't be right. How many men you got left? You tongue-tied or don't want to tell me? Forty-eight. Okay. For your own protection, I want to see all of them here next time. Then you'll have the advantage. Go on and round them up. I'll be waiting. I'll round them up. Rest assured. And he, there's several times where he hints, where he's like, not with the help I have, you know, I have, with the aid I have, it'll be fine, basically. And I keep thinking, okay, what is this aid? It's probably something in that coffin. And I have no idea what it is, but you the know whole time it's coming. Just like what? What is he carrying around with him? Like at, at first, honestly, just knowing what little I knew about the story coming in, I thought it might be his dead wife that he's trying to like take back home and bury, or mm. you know something like that. But yeah, it, basically, Django's not quite doing the Ringo. I'll tell you later. He's not quite doing the Ringo thing, but he is just kind of hinting like. I can handle myself. I can handle myself. Don't you fucking worry about it. And then, so the next day, a bunch of the major and a bunch of the red band bandits come up, start riding up. And at first there's like six. You're like, that's not a lot. And then, you know, 
20 and 30 more of them start walking out. <laughs> and I was like, why aren't they surrounding Django, who's held up behind a tree? Someone left a tree in the road, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a big-ass cut-down tree that you can tie your horse up to uh, when you're at the bar. But he's just posted up behind this big motherfucker. And as soon as... Like you said, it's a tiny little town. They could just encircle the entire town and come in there and wipe him out. But whatever they're walking down the road with their guns out not shooting not saying not doing anything and Django kicks open the coffin pulls out a giant fucking machine gun and just lets her rip (laughs) i guess i guess to be fair i didn't think about this until you said that but i guess they don't know about the gun or Django's superpowers they think he's just one person who's a pretty good shot and, and there's 40 of them, so they're not worried about it. But yeah, Jenga pulls out the Maxim gun and just like, I don't know, we have like five minutes of just him shooting and people dying. So, uh, and this is one of the things I like about this movie is that it is clearly like an action adventure Western movie. It's not Ringo was trying to go for this whole classical story meets modern day action and the action didn't really pay off quite good enough. The good, the bad, and the ugly was a fucking epic and it took its time and when there was action the action was great this on the other hand is just like oh hey are you bored wake the fuck up here's some action (laughs) yeah exactly so he shoots and kills a ton of them but not the major who i think he shoots the major's horse so that the major falls in the mud just to yeah literal face in the mud right here which i i kind of enjoyed i'm not gonna lie i laughed (laughs) i I was definitely on board after seeing the machine gun thing i was on board i do want to kind of tie in like whether it was intentional or not this movie shows how war has changed since these times because everyone in the movie is just like fuck that machine gun can really fuck some shit up the the entire time i'm sure the director's like yeah Think about World War II where everyone had machine guns. Just yeah. think about it. Or like World War One, where you have that weird transition period where you have machine guns, but people are still think you can just charge on a horse with a saber and it's going to work. And it's not. But yeah, I, I did enjoy that whole feel to it where everyone is just amazed by this feat of engineering. Later, um, I wrote it down, but later when he shows his friend or the Mexicans or the banditas, uh, they, I love they cross their chest when they see it. Like that's how awesome this gun is. <laughs> yeah. So the red bandana crew retreat after this, which is fair then we see th- i thought this was interesting Django. i don't know if he actually helps or just stands near the innkeeper who buries all the bodies because Django told him to yeah i'm pretty sure he just sat there and watched and yeah. smoked a cigar and the innkeeper's <laughs> like Django's looking at a grave and the innkeeper's like oh someone you knew and and then there's just like three lines of Django saying something something mysterious tragic backstory someone close to me it was too far away, Nathaniel. Too far away. Yeah. And it's just the the classic backstory in these kind of cowboy West spaghetti westerns, where it's a mysterious and definitely tragic backstory and with no details or very <laughs> few details. Is it someone you knew? Someone who was part of my life. I guess the only part that really counted. And she was killed by Major Jackson? Yeah. By Jackson. Well, why weren't you able to do something about it? I was away. 
too far away, Nathaniel. Oh, and when when we start that scene, the uh, the innkeeper did have a great line. That was he was complaining about digging the graves, and he's he, I think he said something like, "Ah, I sure never thought I'd end up grave digging and not even getting paid for it either." Ah, well, anyhow, it's better to be above ground doing that than below doing nothing. That innkeeper kind of he wasn't quite as quirky as the Ringo flower person but he reminded me of him this kind of comic relief-esque character uh yeah uh, i don't know like everyone in this movie is much more grounded than in ringo where everything is just elevated beyond belief but he he did a good enough of like playing the downtrodden look we're paying off two different gangs to protect us which means two different gangs are just showing up whenever the fuck they want but they do pay us so you know, eh, yeah. I don't know. It felt like in reality, there's no way this town is making it through anything, and I don't know why anybody would stay. So, you know, yeah, it's a little too unbelievable. But it's a western. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we skipped over it, but just really quickly to go back, uh, Django and Maria, and Maria's just like, "Thank you anyway, even if it wasn't for me." I don't know if I should have saved you. It's not for me to say, but for the first time in my life, I felt like I was a real woman, someone to protect and and to be loved, Django. I'm glad I made you feel like a real woman. Very glad. I mean that. Oh my God, yeah, that was so weird. Okay, good. It wasn't just me, because the whole time so I'm just weird. like, dot, dot, dot. Creepy or sexy? I don't know what's happening in here. I wrote down the line. I'm glad you went back and brought it up because I wrote down the line. And he, after she says that, he responds by saying, I'm glad I made you feel like a real woman. I mean that. <laughs> in this weird robotic voice with no facial expression. I'm just like, this is so weird. What are you doing? Well, <laughs> well you know, I was just waiting to cue the, uh, what's her name? Was it Faith Hill? Feel like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a weird weird line and weird scene and weird delivery yeah absurdly strange on all counts especially because throughout this entire movie up until like the last five minutes Django is gonna sit here and tell Maria oh I can't uh, I I can't be with you you can't be with me blah 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 up until it serves his purposes and then he changes his mind but you know we'll talk about that when we get there that was yeah that was just weird I thought it was weird. So where are we? Better graveyard, right? Back in town, mud wrestling contest. Oh, is the next J- one Django have. does reveal here that Jackson's the one who killed his wife uh, or beloved or whatever they were. He does say that Jackson did it and that he's not leaving until he handles his business. So okay, good. We do have a good motivation for him. We kind of mm-hmm. get a little bit more about what Django's doing, and he's dragging it out because. If he had just killed Jackson in the first place, there wouldn't have been a movie. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> then we're served up to a great cat fight for apparently no reason, where the hookers are all mud wrestling and trying to keep their tits covered. Um. <laughs> yeah. And for way longer than I thought the scene would go on. <laughs> for way too long! Alright, so this movie is how many minutes long? It's an hour and 31 minutes. I think you could have cut one or two minutes off of that with less mud wrestling. It wasn't hot, and it serves no purpose. So, <laughs> why are we doing this, guys? 
Oh, it was funny. <laughs> oh, man, I guess. And then somebody yells, the Mexicans are coming. Yeah. So we call a truce on the mud wrestling. Everyone runs inside. Brother Jonathan, who is with the rebels, gets trapped. And Mexican leader cuts off his ear and then shoots him as he's running away. Uh, because the Mexican leader is clearly just as evil as Jackson is. Yeah. <laughs> Still very much, uh, he's the bad, he's a bad guy too. But then it switches, like, because the, the, like the next scene, you have the bar or the saloon with all the Mexicans are in there now. And they're drinking and stuff. Django, or or the general, the Mexican general, acts like he knows Django. And you realize they know each other at some point, And he saved his life. Apparently he, like, broke it. Uh, Django, like, broke the Mexican general out of jail. Which, I never got the general's name. I just called him Mexican general for the entire time. Yeah, I just named him general, too. Uh, general Hugo Rodriguez. Okay. Sure. So, Hugo is all nice to Django. Django apparently broke him out of prison. He's like, Django, we're going to do great things together. There's one shot I wanted to bring up here that I thought was a nice little piece of filmmaking. The general has Maria kind of pinned up next to a wall, and he's trying to sweet talk her back into being his hooker, I guess, because that's where she was before she tried to run off. And it's a it's a nice little scene because instead of doing like shot reverse shot of them talking to each other or just even one master of them side by side talking, it's the general facing away from the camera and there's a mirror behind Maria. So we're getting Maria's face on the right side of the mirror and then his face on the left side as he's mm-hmm. turned talking to her. And I, I really enjoyed that shot. So that's that, cool. You still got to look at both of their faces while talking, but without having to do too much cutting or camera work or anything like that. That's really cool. I didn't notice that. Django pulls out the machine gun, shows it to Hugo, and he tells Hugo, like, hey, I've got, like, six more of these guns hidden somewhere that I want to sell to you, and if you want the money to buy them from me, I know how we can steal some gold from General Jackson. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Which Hugo... I guess is into it. Um, do you remember how he showed the gun off inside the saloon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Just straight up takes it out, points it towards the bar the whole time. Nathaniel, or not Nathaniel, the, yeah, Nathaniel, the bartender, innkeeper. He's like, no, 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 please, please, please. And then Django just proceeds to shoot up the entire bar, shoots all the liquor bottles and all the mirrors behind it, shoots it all to shit. That was one of the moments where it's like, uh, again, there was a few times, but again, I was like, Django, why though? Like, you could have stepped outside. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Go, go aim at one of the shacks that's been abandoned for fucking 10 years or whatever. Like, goddamn. But he uh, shoots it in the bar, and Hugo is, I guess, down with the plan. Yeah, Hugh, uh, Hugo's totally on board, man. And we are in on the full plan, but uh, it is a fun little scene coming up next. The innkeeper loads up his buggy, his covered wagon. And has roses all over it, which kind of smart on the filmmakers here. They wanted to keep blinders on the horses so they wouldn't, you know, freak the fuck out about the stuff they were seeing on the sides. So they used the roses as blinders around the horses, which I thought was good work. But they ride it in there, all the army guys who are at this, I don't know if it's supposed to be a fucking rebel army encampment or a mexican army army encampment one of those they ride up all the guys there think there's hookers being brought to them they're getting close and then they rip off the sheet and machine gun all the fucking hell out Mm -hmm. 
And everyone shot did like the classic turn and fall maneuver. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's no uh there's no real art to the get shot and die thing. There's just the yeah. ah! and jump away and fall. But it is a fun little scene like following yeah. Django and the Mexican general guy and they're all like running through the base trying to find where the gold is. They find it, they kill all the guys in the room, clean up the gold and run away with it and they're trying to get out and they're just like Oh no, guys are over there. Pop, pop, pop. And keep running. And guys there. Pop, pop, pop. It was, it was a fun little action scene. I it enjoyed. was. Because you had this Trojan horse kind of plan, but it all pins on can they get out, get the gold, get out, and then cross the border before they're called up to. And their wagon is only pulled by two horses. So with yeah. it, when it's loading down with all those people, it's, it's not that fast. A bunch of people and a sack full of gold now. Exactly. And then they're being chased by, you know, people on horses, one each, that are clearly gaining on them. But they're able to slide across the border, and everyone else stops besides Major Jackson, who's like, why are you stopping? And, you know, the border. Yeah, and see, that's the other thing that was confusing me. Like, because every time the rebels came in, they were coming from the same side of the uh, bridge, which I figured, oh, that must be the northern side, the state's side because that's where the American people are coming from. But apparently, no, that's Mexico. I don't... And the town that we're introduced to is in America. I... That that was my impression, that the town was in America. The soldiers that they stole the gold from were Mexican soldiers. What was confusing was that the Major Jackson, clearly his people were these, you know, red bandit, probably former Confederate soldiers, and he's now working with the mexicans or all of them are or something so that was the part where i was a little unclear about yeah i'm really confused because now jackson's wearing this white uniform yeah i I don't know it it confused the shit out of me once again i think this is mostly on the costuming department but also Mm. could have been cleared up with like literally one or two lines of dialogue like just add the word north or south into a couple of descriptive sentences and we're good yeah exactly but they get back to the town and then i love these series of scenes because you have a great fighting in the bar scene i thought the choreography was really great well and once again this speaks to the action adventure of this movie where we go from a trojan horse style gold heist to a horseback chase and then we're back in the bar celebrating and we almost immediately get thrown into a fucking fist fight like it doesn't take long at all before Django is fighting this guy Ooh, we got to talk about this camera work because i love it and hate it all at the same time the the fist like the camera work is it's kind of like a pulled back master shot of them fighting while all the other guys are surrounding them and whenever one of them gets thrown to the other end of the room the whole crowd disperses and tries to get out of the way but then we're served up to these weird like i don't know if they're supposed to be pov shots or just reaction shots the camera is very clearly just being held by someone's hands shakily thrown toward the crowd and not looking at Django and the guy fighting it's just rushing towards people's faces and then cut back to the master so we can see him fight and then cut to this pov or whatever mm-hmm. reaction shot and uh. those shaky kind of cuts were really in- interesting and i didn't mind the pov so much there was kind of a, a lot of them <laughs> yeah that, like, well that was that was the problem if it was just a couple of them here and there it would have exactly. like it would have kept you feeling the 
I don't know, the rush and the craziness of a the fist disorientation. fight. Yeah. Right. But this got to the point to where I was like, oh God, I'm, I'm going to get motion sickness now because this is, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. But besides like the kind of the questionable, you know, camera and shakiness, I thought the choreography was pretty interesting. Maybe not the most realistic in the world, but there was lots of like using the environment and stools and using columns to like fight around and they one of them gets thrown on a piano at one point and you can hear the noise you know the keys being hit yeah and once again that's kind of like i was talking about earlier with nothing but the diegetic noise i don't remember any music in this scene it was just the people yelling at them and them two fighting uh with sounds edited in so that you knew when someone landed a punch uh and then until he hits the piano and then he hits the piano and you hear the piano keys that he's hitting once again i really like diegetic noise like that where you're not being distracted by anything else you don't have any other music telling you how to feel you just have the images and situation that's in front of you i agree and i thought that scene was really fun to to watch it was entertaining the whole time Mm-hmm. I'm still not really sure where the mining pick comes from was, at the end. I uh, was going to ask you because, like, I also <laughs> was like, "Where did?" Because at first I thought someone else did it, and I was like, "Oh, Maria or someone did this." And I don't know if he fell on it. Good job, Django. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the fight, Django's on the piano. We think he's about to lose, but then the guy he's fighting just kind of like stands up straight turns around and we see a big mining pick just dug into his back and he falls over dead still not sure who or how or what that got there but okay and then in classic like western fashion hugo immediately immediately goes up and says, oh thanks Django!" like guy's dead bleeding on the floor (laughs) you saved my life again you know what Django? you did so good have a whore what exactly exactly <laughs> what happens next he's like he's like hey Django, why don't you uh take maria on me you know like oh thanks um <laughs> and then Django's just like eh, i'll take the mexican one instead yeah okay and i love this next part of this scene absolutely this whole, like using the girl to distract and the sneaky stuff and the angles of it i love it it's so fun it's classic shenanigans for you people out there that play like D&D and tabletop RPG stuff, if you ever want bonuses to sneaking, do what this guy does. He gets ready and he sets that shit up. <laughs> All right? he, he grabs the hooker and he puts her in a room, stands her in front of a window and says, just undress, don't pay attention to what I'm doing. You just sit there and get ready and while she's getting undressed right in front of a window so all the guys outside can see her he's taking his big ass coffin and sneaking across little walkways and shit to get to the room where they're hiding all the gold to be split up later (laughs) yeah i mean he he uses the coffin as a bridge um, after they're the watching banditos are distracted he puts the coffin and then follows himself down a chimney into that room with the gold yeah. it was just really fun i liked it yeah it was a really fun little sneaking around scene i don't really get this next part on how the physics of it was supposed to work but he gets down there he sets up his machine gun to point at the one door where the gold is being held puts all the gold in the coffin and then somehow machine gun plus rope plus dynamite equals perfect escape yeah there was two things about this part 
that I was questioning. One, like you said, the physics. Like when you you see him setting it up, and I'm already thinking like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we're supposed to like, you know, suspend our disbelief long enough to basically he's setting up the machine gun to trigger. The other part about it I don't understand is like why this would be his next course of action because he could just like maybe walk out or you know throw his coffin out of a window because when yeah. he sets off the dynamite it's basically an alarm for the entire town to come right in that direction. Well not just that the dynamite goes off blowing a hole in the back wall which is clearly going to be his escape. It also somehow makes the machine guns start going off and just keep going forever forever which another thing uh set design guys everybody a machine gun doesn't just have a single strip of bullets that the ones on the shot side still have the bullet in the casing and everything <laughs> like and you have to continuously feed it. it it usually takes two people to run these kinds of machines like <laughs> There is a lot of, like, suspend your d- disbelief kind of things. They add up, though, to where you're like, all right, again, come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... And then you have the banditos. So the machine gun's already firing at the door. The one right. door to this fucking room. And has been punching holes through it steadily for, like, 10 or 15 seconds by the time the first bandito gets to the door. And then he opens up the door, and then he gets shot. And then he gets shot. <laughs> and, yes. and, and they just keep filing in to get they shot by this machine gun. <laughs> they all just sprint straight towards the firing machine gun. <laughs> what? What is that a machine gun firing? Let me go look at it. What? Yeah. I don't... Uh, <sighs> I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it was just like... It was kind of a silly... I don't know. Silly scene, but... He sneaks out the back, and he finally finds a wagon. He puts the coffin in, he's loading the horse up, and then a gun comes behind him. And it doesn't poke him, but he does know somehow there's a gun behind him, and he puts his hands up. Yeah. And uh, it's Maria. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's like, take me with you, or I guess I'll shoot you. Maria's just like, yeah, we're, we're going together. Okay. <laughs> so they hop on, they're riding out. Of course, they get back to the bridge from the beginning of the movie, and this is where we get the whole... I can't take you with me, Maria. speech, which I'll play right now. Take the wagon. Through the valley's a shortcut to the next town. There you'll be safe. And you? This time I've got to cross that bridge. I've waited long enough. Long enough so I can finally bury Django in that box. With that gold, I can forget I was Django. Leave all that gold here, Django. It'll bring heartache. What really matters is that we could have a new life. And you'll forget what happened here. I love you, Django. Listen, Maria, love is something I can never feel again. The girl I once loved was killed, and I can never forget that. If I take you with me, then you'll probably get killed, too. And I wouldn't want that to happen. This is where Django immediately fucks up by somehow knocking over the rifle. The rifle goes off and the horses take the fuck off. Coffin in the wagon falls out and falls straight into the quicksand under the bridge. (laughs) It was just such a what moment in my mind. And then I guess they're on the bridge or they run to the bridge to try to like 
grab a rope before it sinks under. And then we hear a shot, and Maria gets shot by the banditos who have called up to them. Yeah, I, it's just, uh, all of this is just, I don't know. At this point, I feel like we've lost the thread, and the writers are having to come up with some way to get him back into the town and they're yeah. they're running out of ideas <laughs> and like and it was such a strange thing because while i was watching it and taking notes this is the scene where i wrote ends where it begins right because this is one of the first scenes we see is him with his bridge and maria and yeah I'm like, okay this is going to be the walking into the sunset moment maybe major jackson will chase them down along the way and he'll shoot him or something but it's basically going to end right here yeah. i was expecting jackson to come over the hill uh, but instead he drops the gold into the quicksand <laughs> yeah and then maria gets wounded but not killed which is important because everyone else in this movie one bullet you're fucking dead uh maria on the other hand she she can take a beating and keep on ticking i thought she was dead at first <laughs> and i think this i mean this certainly isn't the first time that my notes have the line dot 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 familiar um <laughs> as we've discussed but this one really hit me on the head when the mexicans say what is the gold it fell into the quicksand the horse stumbled and the coffin slipped i guess it's destiny general <laughs> and so my goal's in the quicksand amigo that won't change things we're going back to Mexico anyhow, aren't we? That's what I decided and we'll do it. Yeah. Now we're even, Django. You saved my life, so I'll save yours. We don't kill a thief, even if he betrays a friend. We have ways of teaching them a lesson. Right, Miguel? Yeah, exactly what happened in Ringo is, oh, I'm going to do it with a broken hand. And they he stomps on it for a bunch. And then horses run over it. They're like beating it with the butt of their rifle to break his hands. They're running over his hands with the horses, but somehow not hitting him in the head. And then I think the next thing we have is they can't recover the gold. And the Mexicans, I guess, are going somewhere. I guess they're going back to the town. And Major Jackson ambushes them, or what? No, they decide they're going to go back to Mexico to continue their revolutionary fight against the That's Mexican it. government. Which, I don't know why they decided that, because now they're even more poor than they were when they got here, and they have a fuckload less people. But, fuck it, I guess we'll go back to doing what we were doing in the first place. Whatever. It makes no sense, and I don't like it. Either way, right across the border, Jackson and his men are hiding behind the cliffs, ambush him, all the Mexican Mexican guys get killed, and Jackson and his troops have defeated them. Hooray? I don't, I don't know. They're all bad. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like, oh, we have 30 minutes left. Let's kind of wrap these these threads up. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, we have way Let's too get many Hugo loose ends. killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, after that, we're back in the ghost town. We're with uh, Nathaniel in his saloon. All the chairs are upside down, and it, it looks fairly clean, considering... A Maxim gun was being shot in it. Like not not just that, like a, a fucking gang of banditos just rode through town, did whatever they wanted and left. And he's going to clean up an abandoned shop. Like he, he took the time to clean up the entire fucking inn and then he's going to shutter the doors. <laughs> like What? Yeah, it was weird. But he there's a moment when he walks over to the piano and he plays a few notes. And I was trying to think, like, was that part of the Django theme? Like, what was that? 
Did you recognize those notes? I didn't at the time. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he was going to pick up the fiddle and start playing the sad notes he was playing when Django first got into town. Mm-hmm. Which I thought would have made more sense because he was all down on his luck and reminiscing. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what the notes were. Either way, he, Django uh, walks in. Django Maria. walks in carrying Maria. Uh, he's trying to convince Nathaniel to help Maria and give him one more chance to fuck up and kill Jackson. And he's suddenly promising Maria a new life that we can run away and have a new life together after I kill Jackson. Once I kill Jackson, I'll be fine. I don't know. It's so weak. And I didn't care for it. I was about to say, like, it wasn't very strong, and you you said it exactly. Because his, his whole argument was like, I have to do this. And part of his logic was that Major Jackson was going to hunt him down. But I'm thinking, I don't think Major Jackson cares that much. I think if you move one state over, like, you're not going to have any issues with Jackson. <laughs> I think Jackson will be happy <laughs> where he's at. Jackson and his men were terrified to, like, go north of the border at first. And now they're, or not even at first, no. They would come across the border whenever they wanted up until they stole the gold. And then they're like, oh, wait, we can't go across the border. What? Uh, yeah. Why Why not? I don't... Uh, well, well, fuck it. We killed those Mexican revolutionaries. I guess we can go across the border now that has nothing to do with the Mexican revolutionaries. Yeah, and I'm still <sighs> unclear if like some of his retinue were Mexican soldiers and they couldn't go across the border, but the former Confederate ones could. Like, I, It just wasn't very clear like who was who and who could and couldn't do what. But regardless, Django is set up with this, I have to kill the bad guy, which is Jackson, and I have to do it with two broken hands. And by the way, I don't have my Maxim gun because <laughs> I left it in the town. <laughs> yeah, the the Mexicans have that now, or I guess they had that or whatever. It's gone. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And Django's just like, I'll tell Jackson when he comes, I'll be waiting in the cemetery because he knows Jackson's coming somehow. I, I don't know. Yeah. And and that's where, that's like the last scene is the graveyard. But before we get there, I wanted to point out, Major Jackson comes to the saloon and is like, where's Django? Uh, I, and... I call them Jackson's Five because it's Jackson <laughs> and five of his soldiers. Yep. So Jackson's Five comes in the bar and is like, Nathaniel, uh, where'd Django go? And Nathaniel's like, oh, he went over here. And by the way, here's a little tip. His, his hands are broken. And for that, he gets shot. <laughs> by jackson thanks for doing me a solid there guy now die (laughs) yeah and at this point like i'm thinking you know Django, you may have some okay intentions sometimes but you came in this town and how many people were dead because of you sure most of them were bad guys but a lot of them weren't a lot of people's lives are worse because you came here and we literally have no idea what happened to all the other hookers that were in this town like they just disappeared from the story completely yeah they just left i guess did the mexicans is... steal them and take them with them or did they just run away after the mexicans were gone i'm confused i don't know the, the whole time the writer's looking at me like oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter just just keep going keep going except in an <laughs> italian accent because yeah. that's what they're doing which enters the graveyard, which had, again, familiar. So oh, many familiarities God. with Ringo. D- literally every shot. Not just with Ringo, but with uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. So you have, the A, the final showdown in the cemetery, good, the bad, and the mm-hmm. ugly. It's not just a simple one-on-one gunfight. 
which once again the good the bad and the ugly kind of uses except in a much much better fashion you have the ringo shot of him trying to load his pistol with broken hand can't get anything right i don't know it just feels like either these movies are each stealing from each other or making fun of each other or i don't know there's too many things especially in this movie that ties in with the other two some of my notes are exactly what you said like the graveyard even looks similar it's like similar colors and everything to the good the bad and the ugly graveyard major jackson comes here and he's basically like pray bitch uh, because i'm just gonna toy with you and then shoot you django i think you should make a last request i'll be glad to oblige you any way i can start praying if you like i don't mind It's a smart thing to do when you know that death is coming for you. So now begin your praying. I can't hear you. Okay. Now. Can you hear this? Obviously shoots and kills them all, and then the Django music comes in, which the Django theme song is actually really good. I I actually like the song. A lot. Django theme is fantastic. We're all on board for that, and I do love the imagery. So when he took the shot, he had to use the metal parts of a grave marker to hold his pistol up so he could get the shots off. And after he's done killing them, he leaves the gun hanging on the grave mm-hmm. marker, and I thought that was great. As he's walking out of the cemetery and his gun's just hanging from the grave marker and he walks past all the dead. Yeah. I guess KKK members is what the explanation is. Yeah. And the gun's all bloody. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. very cool imagery. Great final shot. Great way to leave it. But once again, way too many things in common with the other movies. In common? And I don't know, maybe it's the genre, but that whole, you have so many details setting up this idea that he's not going to be able to do it. He's not going to be able to shoot. There's no way he would be able to. And then all of a sudden he gets off you know, five perfect shots in Mm -hmm. half of a second. And it's just kind of, maybe the message there is Django's that good, but the message I get is like a little cheesy. And maybe it's just the difference of the times, but... Yeah, I'm trying to look at exactly when these movies were all released. So Django and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly came out in the same month in the USA. But as far as initial... Oh, wait, no. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly came out a year after Django, my bad, in the U.S. But I want to see original release dates. All right, well, fuck you, internet. And sorry I didn't have time to do <laughs> to do fucking research beforehand. But, I mean, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly definitely came out after this. So it's possible mm-hmm. that Sergio was stealing a little bit from Django or paying homage a little bit to Django, but did it way better. Yeah, and at this point, we're kind of like three movies into this genre and I'm starting to see a ton of patterns. Some are done, you know, better than others. But this pattern of there's going to be gold involved as a motivation. <laughs> there's going to be some dynamite. <laughs> there's going to be some dynamite. There's a mysterious backstory loner who's incredibly like mythic level good at killing people. Mm-hmm. And the bad guys are almost always clearly bad. Even if the protagonist isn't always clearly good. Yeah, we're, we're talking 
Spanish soap opera level of evil here. Yeah. We're, we're not just gonna, we don't, we don't just kill people. We kill people for sport. You know, we, we aren't just mean to women. We kidnap and rape them just for the laughs, I guess. Yeah. And it's something in different forms of media. It can be interesting to have those gray area characters who are doing something bad for the right reasons and, and some of that, and but sometimes that can get old or too much where, you know, there's no good choices. There's no good guys. There's no bad guys. Everything sucks. Um, so in some ways, like it's nice and refreshing to have clearly bad guys. Um, but it seems like these genres, like the bad guys are always bad um, and clearly so. Once again, I think the only standout in that regard is the good, the bad and the ugly, where sure. the ugly is your one guy who's kind of like in the middle like he's clearly not Mm -hmm. a good person but at the same time he is a person he's a flawed human being that is believable and could have very likely existed back in those times whereas any bad guy in these movies could have existed but there's just not too many examples in the world where someone is so purely evil okay so we've we've gone through the bulk of the movie what are your kind of closing thoughts how would you rate uh rate it how does it stack up to the other movies what are your thoughts? Django was good. It was fun. It definitely kept me interested. Like I said earlier, great action adventure as compared to the other two, which are supposed to be more epic and have it have their downtimes, which pay off in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and in my opinion, do not pay off in The Return of Ringo. It's, I'd say it's pretty much in the middle of our other two films. Uh, I'm giving it like a 7 out of 10, somewhere in there. Good not great i liked a lot of stuff but there were too many things that bothered me for me to really give it too high of praise uh how how about you what did you think of this one i definitely liked it more than ringo i could follow the story things made sense for the most part and it was fun it was a fun action film there's definitely some moments i would probably steal for my own purposes Uh, i really like the trojan horse i thought that was really fun and i like the idea of you know fighting over the gold actually it seemed believable i I guess the gold part it did seem more genuine than like the plot line of the return of ringo yeah like the, the return of ringo i feel like Django had the problem of okay we have all of these things how do we tie up the loose ends Mm-hmm. Whereas the return of Ringo just had, how do we make this fit in this world? And it didn't quite translate as well as it could have, I guess. Uh, agreed. And some big moments or big things I really liked about this film was there's a lot of like really great imagery with the dragging of the coffin. I liked how gritty and muddy and dirty everything was. They didn't stray away from that. Those are some of the big points. There wasn't a hey NATO going on the entire movie. There wasn't a hey NATO. <laughs> and I thought some of the, you know, the fight sequences and some of the, you know, cinematography with or around them, though, you know, they weren't always perfect. I thought they were really good, especially considering when this came out. You know, it doesn't have the John Wick cinematography or choreography, <laughs> but it's not bad for when it came out. I think it's pretty good. So oh, yeah. Those I, are my takeaways. Yeah, no, the camera work I thought was pretty excellent as far as like showing you how hectic and crazy these uh action scenes are like the good the bad and the ugly you see the action and it's filmed well but you don't necessarily feel like you are 
there whereas mm-hmm. this one you you kind of feel like you're in the middle of the action like your heart starts to pick up and beats every time an action scene comes up and it, it's a it's a good change i like it oh i did have one side note written down so we watched this on voodoo uh right now it's free on voodoo v-u-d-u with ads and I don't know if you got one of the same ads that I did, but it was Voodoo advertising that you can go into your account and click a few settings and suddenly make any movie family friendly. Did you see this? I did, yeah. That is one of the most offensive goddamn things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, it is. it, it shows in the ad... Here's a shot from Aquaman, which I still haven't seen Aquaman, but being that it's a PG-13 fucking superhero movie, I can't imagine it's all that violent and all that crazy. They literally show a side-by-side of with family-friendly settings and without family-friendly settings, and it's like him throwing a spear, guy getting hit by spear and pinned to a wall, and then on the family-friendly side, it's just the shot of him throwing the the spear without what the spear does or what happens on the other end, and then his reaction to what he just did. <laughs> so, like, I'm sorry, but you are editing movies for me. Not not just for me. You are fucking up a fuckload of people's hard work <laughs> just to let people show kids movies? What the fuck is your problem? Yeah, it kind of seems at that point just like, hey, why don't you just wait a few years to show your kids these kind of movies? Yeah, they'll <laughs> like, still just show be them- there pg movies <laughs> yeah uh, but, mm. hey, I, I had to bring that up it was just one of the most offensive things i've seen in a long time and it honestly i can tell it makes you're me fired up about I, it. I am if if you're telling me if i spent two years of my life making a goddamn movie and then it goes on fucking voodoo and they chop out half of it to make it family fucking friendly fuck you uh <laughs> Uh, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> uh, like it, it honestly makes me not want to use voodoo anymore. Is what it does. Like I, I'm at that point. <laughs> I had never used it before, so I had no idea it existed. <laughs> I, so. I, I had never used it. Me and some friends, like we've used all kinds of apps to try and watch movies without paying for them. You know, we'll rent stuff from Amazon and stuff like that, but if it's available for free with ads on Tubi or Vudu or something like that, like, yeah, why not? It's a free account. Don't have to pay a subscription. Watch a few ads. Not a bad deal. But after seeing that, man, Vudu, tighten your shit up. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Vudu, also, if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, um, you can reach me at I'll stop making uh. comments. <laughs> okay, so we've seen three movies in this genre. What's next? The next and last Civil War spaghetti western is California, 1977. Fuck me, it's also on Voodoo. God damn you. Uh, so I guess we'll be dealing with more terrible ads that make me angry. But yeah, I don't really know much about California. I think it's supposed to be... This this is a later entry into the genre. It's near the end of the spaghetti western scene, honestly. It's uh, 1977. The spaghetti westerns didn't last but until like 78 or 79. So this is right toward the end. This, this should be more of a culmination of everything they had to give us 
Whereas these guys, it seems like any time a director did something new, the next director had to do that same thing, but up it. So, we'll see. That was Django 1966. Overall, I think thumbs up from both of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, go watch it. And California 1977 next week. Until then, this was Real Specific. I'm Jake. And I'm Klaus. See you next time, guys. Bye.